But I'm glad to be on this road. Amen. You got your Bibles this morning. You can turn to the book of Revelations, chapter 3. We'll be beginning right there. Thank you again for being in the house today. Be in prayer for those in need as we was here Wednesday night. A lot of folks in need of prayer. Brother Larry Jacobs, we praying for you every day. Amen. And we're we excited. Little Matthew's doing real good. Just got a text while ago on him, little fella. Just what, three years old? Was he three? Four years old? And uh, my word had a bad, bad report. Seemed like it was gloom and doom, but God has stepped in and done a work in his life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Boy, it's, it's a tough thing to, to grab a hold of in the King James Version. I know it's hard to understand, but it said that we have not because we ask not. Amen. Only reason why we ain't got it because we ain't asking. Without faith, it's impossible, please God. And I, I'm thankful for what he's doing in Matthew's life. Little old Jada's home. I mean, had a tumor. That old belly was swole out there. It was gloom and doom again. Now, you hear about all those things that didn't turn out right. I'm telling you about some things that did turn out right. She's home and absolutely cancer-free. And I'm telling you, that's what kind of God. Amen. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be on this road. <laughs> My word. Right here in this writing, I like this King James Bible. A lot of folks don't like it. I was talking to a fellow the other day. He said, I'm reading another. He was telling me about that other. And I said, well, I bet you one thing. I bet you if you got led to Jesus by a preacher, man, I bet you he started out in this King James. Amen. Amen. Third chapter and first verse. Uh, I don't know where God's going to send us, but you know, so many times, uh, so many times in life, people get caught up with a name. They want a name for the self. They want one to maybe go on the door, to sit on the desk. Maybe we get degrees, and the only reason why we get it is because of that name that would go in front of it. I'll be around some places, and I'll have some preachers there do it to pick at me. They'll say, Dr. Martin. Well, they would be saying that if they didn't have that DR in front of their, in front of their name. But I told them, next time I get sick, I'll call you. Amen. I see what you got inside you. Ain't you glad this morning that Scripture says, well, two or three, touch and agree in my name. I'll be in the midst thereof. Amen. I got another good report for you, too. I've seen Brother Billy. He told me y'all had been by on Monday. I think this was on maybe Thursday. I'm here to tell you he got going back to work on his mind. <laughs> Amen. He wants to get out and clip some pastors and do some things for folks. And I, I seen a time it didn't seem like there was no life left in that, brother. He got back over to Alamo Nursing Home. He said, if I can just get back over where that country cooking is, I might make it. And I'm telling you, I believe he's going to make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let, let's, let's see what we got right here. Unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, these things he hath to the seven churches of God and the seven stars. He said, I know thy works. I'm going to tell you something about the Lord. He knows us. He knows us. It was a little thing going around that, you know, somebody said, well, I don't know about this. Well, well, God knows. He knows everything. There ain't nothing he don't know. Ain't no need of going through life and trying to impress someone. It's no need of going through life and trying to make man think well of you. We need to go through life and think what the Lord thinks of us. 
at the end of the day, as I was talking to a friend of mine before service, and he was talking about how he gets down every night, gets on his knees before God and said, Lord, all the things that I've done wrong today, all the times that I failed you today, that, that don't sound like the church as we know it, as Renee was saying, it's kind of gone out of style anymore. It, it's like we don't, we as a church, we saved by grace, Brother Eddie. We, we got a ticket in, so we just live like hell if we want to, and, and God's going to understand. I believe when we come and we give our life to Jesus, it ain't just a ticket to get in heaven. I'm telling you, I thank God for grace. If it's anybody thanks God for grace, I do. If it's anybody thanks God for mercy, I do. But what I realize at the end of every day, that God's requirement for me is not just to do a good job. God's requirement to me is to be holy, he said, for I am holy. See, that's a standard that really nobody can meet. That's a standard that makes everybody humble. That's a standard when you come into a church house and you may be a visitor today and some churches you'll go to and maybe they look down their noses at you. Maybe they remember what you used to do. Maybe you still got some hangups today. You can look them straight in the eyes and I'm going to tell you something, sister, and I'm going to tell you something, brother, that you too, just like me, if it wasn't for the grace of God and if it wasn't for the mercy of God and if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, you'd be on your way to hell too. He said, I'm writing this to the churches. Amen. I was preaching to one man one day. He asked me a question. I was giving him an answer. He said, yeah, but you're preaching to the choir. I said, well, the choir's probably the one needs it. Amen. The pulpit's the one needs it. The deacon body's the one needs it. The Sunday school teacher's the one needs it. And just filter right on down through the line. I'm going to tell you something. We need God's correcting hand upon us all the time. And I got something to tell you. You ain't near about where you think you are. Tonight, if the Lord allows me to, I want to preach a message to you about how you doing. How you doing spiritually? Just how are you doing? I want to talk to you about a tree that was planted. And the tree wasn't bearing no fruit. Hey, I know. I don't care if you Pentecost or Presbyterian or Baptist. It don't matter. That Bible's going to say the same thing. This tree wasn't bearing no fruit, Brother Larry. The man that was over to make a decision said, Bill, what are we going to do? We're going to cut it down. That's what the Lord of it said. And the dresser of the gardener said, listen, he had that same spirit that God had on me and you. You sitting here this morning. I'm talking about, look here, I ain't got to come no more. I ain't got to do that no more. I can do what I want to. You can do exactly what you want to. If you want to die and go to hell, you just keep doing what you want to do. But I'm going to tell you something. When you give your life to Jesus, it might, it might be a little struggle for you to cuss your neighbor out every day. It may be a little struggle for you to decide, I want to stay home. It may be a little struggle for you to think that you're going to do it Burger King way and have your own way. Let me tell you something. God's going to have his way in your life, whether you like it or not. We need an examination. We need to throw this old little stuff out where they're trying to get a whole lot of people to come. They got the budget up there so high. 
Look, they got to have everybody to come because if everybody don't come, we ain't going to have enough time and we just may have to shut the door. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus asked Peter a question after Peter then gave him the, the answer maybe that the world would want. Jesus looked at Peter. He said, Peter, who you say I am? He said, well, the world would probably say you John the Baptist because John the Baptist was a preaching man. And the way you preach, the way you proclaim things, said you, you probably would be John the Baptist. That's what the world would categorize you at. They would give you that name. Others would say you probably Elijah. Because you could see. You could see in front of things as Elijah got up and he told the people for three years or so, it, it ain't going to rain no more. And heaven shut up and there wasn't no rain. And he was the same man to come back. And said, I done been down there in the valley and I done looked up there in the clouds. I done prayed to God. I'm talking about there was a drought in the land. There was a drought. He said, I done been down there. So I done looked up in the clouds. It ain't very big, but I, I see a cloud about the size of a fist. They would say you that man because you got a way of proclaiming things. You got a way of prophesying things. And they come true and it rained and, and the world was blessed because of it. They would say you Elijah. I believe he looked at Peter one more time. He said, Peter, who do you say I am? Who do you say he is this morning? He, do you think he's somebody? You're just going to come and you're going to treat him any way you want to. You're just going to give him your leftovers. You're just going to visit him every now and then, knowing that he's all knowing. He knows the very intent of your heart. I'd a whole lot rather have somebody working with me had good intentions of getting something done than somebody just trying to go through the rituals. Amen. At the end of the day, they look good. Oh, they look good. I'm talking about they held in the hell apron on. They had everything just right. But at the end of the day, they ain't even had to sharpen a pencil because they never made a mark yet. Give me somebody that's got an intent. My intent, look here, I know that we failing every day. It's, it's a high thing to do, but he, he looked at Peter. He said, okay, Peter, you've told me what the world would say, how they would categorize who you are or who I am. He said, who you say I am? He said, I say you the Christ. You're the one who bled and died. You're the one that gave your life freely. You're the one that's going to go to a cross and shed all your blood. But you're also the one that they done talked about. On that third morning, after you done been in the grave, three days, the ground is going to shake. That old stone's going to roll back. And you're going to come out triumphant. And we're going to be known by you. Amen. He said, let me tell you something, Peter. Upon that rock, I can build something. I can build me a church on that rock. Somebody believe that I am. So he's come to church just like he did at another time in this verse in Revelation 3.20. If you'll look at it right quick, Revelation 3.20, he's standing at the church door again. Look what it says. He'll pull it up on, on the screen. It says these words. It says, behold, I stand. Oh, all my life I done heard about all them worldly folks in the church. Something needs to be done. Brother Eddie, did you hear about so-and-so the other day? Did you hear about what they did, Brother Eddie? Did you hear about that? I'm going to tell you what God wants to do. <laughs> the old man that walked up to the church and the church was on fire, had his overalls on. They looked out at him. They said, you know what? It's fancy seeing you here. We ain't never seen you around church before. He said, I ain't never seen the church on fire before. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. 
We, we, don't need no, we don't need no church to become a country club. We don't need no church just to make sure we do all the right things to make you feel good. How are we going to make people feel good when the Bible said that the Word of God is like a two-edged sword and it's piercing to the mire of the bone? It'll cut both ways, going and coming. It's, it's the way it is. It's, it's so we can come and we can be humble today. The Bible said God gives grace to the humble. You ever been around religious folks? Oh, you know what the Bible said that we're supposed to do when we get around lost folks, when we're witnessing to them? Man, what we need to tell them about the love of Jesus. We need to tell them about the grace of Jesus. We need to tell them about the mercy of Jesus. Oh, we need to tell them about the Holy Spirit of Jesus. I was talking to Brother Ray a while ago, and I said, Brother Ray, the reason why I mean you back here this morning, because the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit living inside of us to lead and guide us in all truth, we wouldn't be here this morning. I want to say for you this morning, the reason why you're here is because of the Holy Spirit. I know one thing, the devil showed it, won't you hear the Holy Spirit has brought you here. Now, you may be saved or you may be lost, but the Holy Spirit is drawing you today. And the Holy Spirit's wanting you to have more than just a name. He said, uh, behold, he was standing at the sleepy church door. Huh? At the sleepy church door. He said, behold, I stand at the door of the church and I knock. If any man will open that door and come in and let me come in, I'll sup with him and he'll sup with me. Amen. Look here. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Even I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Don't fool yourself. Don't think I done come in. And I'm saved. And it don't rather matter if I got my hands to no plow. I, don't, I mean, I, I can just step in anytime I get ready. And brother, I'm going to tell you what you're going to have to do. You got to go somewhere else and be a member over there. Because I'd rather you go over there and them lie to you than me lie to you try to keep you here. People change churches because it gets too hot. I remember I wanted to take Brickland and it seemed like it was the ninth grade. Man, I was struggling with that school stuff. Brother David, I, I struggled with that school stuff. I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Brickland. That'll get me out of half a day right there. I think I can make it that other. I, I'll get some help on that other. I'll take a half a day. I did not know who the Brickland teacher was going to be. He wound up being a man I was going to work for. But I went in there and first thing he done, Brother Ray, he put W-O-R-K on the board. He said, if you got a problem with that word, he said, you better be going somewhere. He said, I'm going to tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to come in here, and I'm going to expect you to be dressed out. We're going to be on that truck right there. We're going to go on a job every day. You're going to be making more, and you're going to be, and we barely going to be getting back here in time for you to get dressed and get over at that other school, and that's what we're going to do. I said, shoot. My daddy's working me like a dog. Even after I work after school, I still got to feed the cows, do all the chores he'd given me to do. I mean, he kept me busy. I mean, I, I told folks the other day, I, he had everything in the world for me to feed. When he come home with some turkeys one day, Bill, I said, uh-huh. He just trying to keep me out of trouble. But now, I, I mean, these turkeys can't, can't do nothing. Look here, I went to the office, you hear me? 
I went to the office that afternoon. I wasn't by myself. About 90% of them folks, us folks went to the bricklaying class. We was in there. And all of a sudden, we felt led that we wasn't supposed to be in the bricklaying class no more. I remember telling Mr. Gordon Perry, I said, Mr. Gordon, I, I, I don't think maybe this is cut out for me. I, I really didn't know what, what it was going on. And, and so I, I didn't, I, I just believe I was supposed to be in something else. Maybe, maybe a building trade class or maybe welding class or something. I mean, I mean, surely they ain't going out on no industrial camp out there and doing a bunch of welding. I was trying to get away from that word work. The whole church these days or trying to get away from the word work. About every funeral this afternoon, if you don't watch it, I'll turn to this text. It's going to be in Corinthians. I just want you to listen to it just a minute, if I can find it. Oh, it tells us some great stuff. It tells us about heaven, 1 Corinthians 15. It tells us about how this body that we got, I mean, it's, it's so great and grand. I mean, I mean, I'm standing at the funeral. We try to preach everybody in heaven. Whether they ever went to church or not, we... We preach everybody in heaven don't call another funerals. <laughs> we just preach everybody in heaven. Boy, and it's great. It's, it's to talk about this body that's corruptible. When it gets to uh, heaven, it's going to put on a body of incorruption. Ain't no sickness going to come into that. Amen. Brother Larry Jacobs, we got a land going to that cancer ain't going to knock on that door. Uh-huh. Cancer ain't going to be there. Pneumonia ain't going to be there. Some of these viruses ain't going to be there. This body that we got is corruptible. It's going to put on an incorruptible body, meaning that we're going to live forever. This mortal body that can't live but so long, got years numbered, how much it's going to put on an immortal body. It even went to tell us about the gospel because of what Christ did. That death ain't going to have no sting. The grave ain't going to have no victory. Because the Bible said to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. You don't need no name that you're a member of a church somewhere. You need to know the Bible says don't rejoice because you can tread on scorpions. You can have power to speak to spirits and they've got to go. But I tell you what it does say. It said rejoice because your name has been written down in a land book of life. God ain't going to allow that to happen without you getting some knowledge on a Sunday morning when God done been good to you all week long. If the Holy Spirit's in you, you know God done provided for you every day. It ain't going to take no rocket science to somebody done fed me. Bible talks about how, why you worrying about anything? If God takes care of the lilies of the field, if he takes care of the sparrows, how much more he loves you. You can give yourself credit if you want to. You let God take away his blessings from you. Over in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, I'm preaching pretty good right here. Amen. Amen. Just a high school education and barely made it through that and from Danceville, Tennessee, too, for me to still be standing here. But it didn't take me much, Bill. When God reached down his hand, when I was down at that little Assembly of God church uh, and that Holy Spirit got a hold of me and God showed me my Jesus dying for me. Said, son, what you going to do with me? It ain't what you going to do with the church house. It ain't what you going to do with the Sunday school house. It's today. What are you going to do with Jesus? Let me tell you about that tree again. That tree wouldn't bear no fruit. Man in charge said, let me, let me cut it down. It's what the Bible says. 
I thought I was going to preach this to you tonight. But I knew a few of you rascals wasn't coming back. Now you ain't got two. You done got two in one. The little, the little man with the vineyard, he said, oh, please don't. I went to a church one time and they had an apple tree out there in front of the church. And at the business meeting, they would say, look, I think we need to cut that apple tree down in front of the parsonage. And so a little lady in the church, she, would, she said, oh, that's a special tree. Please don't cut it down. It's a rare apple. Please don't cut it down. Well, me and the preacher, we would talk from time to time. And he said, Brother Eddie, he said, what is the problem with that apple tree? I said, well, the last pastor we had here was a good one, just like you. And he'd get to preaching real hard, and that apple tree would come across his mind. And he would talk about how that Everybody told him that it was an apple tree. And he said, one morning I walked out and he said, I know for sure now it's an apple tree because it's got apples hanging on it. He said, I've been at this church for several years. And he said, a lot of you folks call yourself a Christian, but I don't see anything hanging that resembles one. I said, sir, the reason why they want to cut that apple tree down because that man that took every limb off that thing done whooped us and spanked us, and we want that thing gone. We want it out of here. They wanted this tree gone, this Lord had, and this man said, let me work with it one more year. Let me, let me nourish it. Let me dig around it a little bit. Let me see and give it one more year. So the Lord ever said, I'm going to give you one more year. But when I come back in one year, if the tree hadn't made up his mind that it's going to produce what it's supposed to produce, I'm going to cut it down. You'll read in another scripture where Jesus is talking about another tree that it don't bear fruit. So no, I'm going to cut it down. I'm going to cut the branches off of it and I'm going to throw it in the fire. Now how in the world, how in the world can you have the Holy Spirit living up inside of you the Bible says that you, if you're saved today, he said that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you. Now, how in the world that thing living inside of you, and you ain't your own no more. Scripture says you've been bought with a price. Your sin been bought. Your name done already been recorded. You're going to go to heaven. But the Bible said that, that, that tree that ain't bearing no fruit, I'm going to cut it down. I'm going to throw it in the fire. Let me tell you something. The Bible said there was a time that we was instruments of unrighteousness. Boy, didn't we do a good job? Huh? Whatever we was doing wrong for the devil, didn't we want somebody else to participate? Why don't you take you one? Why don't you do this? Why don't you look at it? Why don't you listen to my joke? Didn't we laugh and have a good time when we were serving the devil? Didn't we laugh? Didn't we do it upright? But the Bible says, when I come in and I let you be born again, where you can see the kingdom, where you could enter the kingdom, I put a different spirit inside you. And that spirit now, he said, now this spirit, just like you was an instrument of unrighteous, you're going to be an instrument of righteousness. Let me tell you something. Let me get elementary to you right here. You may be able, like Nicodemus was trying to figure out about this born again thing. 
Look here, you may know more Bible verses than the person sitting around you. Well, hoop to do for you. That's good. That's good. You might have been a member of the church, and you may say that you got saved early in life. You may have all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. Ain't none of y'all going to die 10 years ago. Ain't none of y'all going to die yesterday. Oh, I know how they done talk to you in churches. I, I know they say, now, Brother Eddie, there was a time. Oh, I shouted. You know how you're going to get in heaven? You got to be saved the day you die. The Bible said today is a day of salvation. Today, Brother Larry, is what marks whether you belong to me or not. It ain't about yesterday. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never be mine. What are you doing today? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You can't backlog this thing. Well, if a tree falls, that's where it's going to lie. And I'm going to tell you something by the seats we got in here. By the seats we got in here. And the seat's empty every Sunday. There's enough folks that said they done been through that baptist, said they done been born again, said they done saved. They don't give a rip about this church. They don't give a rip about no other church. They don't care that they got to teach children anymore. They don't care that they got to be a light to the world anymore. Here's what the Bible said. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. You are. If you're saved, you're the salt of the earth. If you're saved this morning, you are the salt of the earth. That ought to make you feel good that God would let you carry that, that you're the salt of the earth. I'm telling you, there's a lot of times, boy, I thought, boy, I'm sure messing this up bad right here. I mean, I just, boy, that Holy Spirit just keeps on, and it just keeps on. And me and Billy Wayne was talking this morning, and you get to the end of the day, and you say, Lord, you know when you done done wrong. You know when you just ain't hit the mark. You know when you done said a little something out of the way you shouldn't have said. You didn't treat somebody as kind. Then nobody going to tell you about that thing haunts you. Have you ever done it since you've been saved? You, you've been out of line with somebody? You may know somebody that maybe used to do something big for God, but they, but they messed up bad. I'm sure you're the first one to talk about them. Listen to me. The Bible said whatever you meet, Whatever forgiveness you give, that's what you get back. What about when you stand before God and say, you know what, I'll let you in. But I had a fellow down there, and I had a lady down there who was struggling, trying her best to serve me. Just like you, they messed up a few times. And you counted it all your business to tell everybody you could tell about their faults. You know what the Bible says we're supposed to do with a fault? The Bible said you're supposed to confess your fault one to another. One to another. Amen. Don't you know that that person that was born again called? Don't you know? If they ever did anybody wrong and they got the Holy Spirit, ain't no need you to. Every time they see that person, they say, man, I wish I could go back and take that back. I wish I could go back and relive that moment. That's the Holy Spirit. They're living a miserable life. If they was ever born again and they messed up and they just did a brother or sister wrong, don't you know I wish I wasn't even around that day? Why well, do you think people like Job and people like it said, I, by the thought of had, I cursed the day I, I was born. 
I wish I could just redo it over. I wish I could see how good God is. I wish I could just, I, I know now how he's done forgave me. I wish I could have one more. You ever been playing ball and you don't get the three? You stood there, the first two, you were so, you were so sure you could hit the ball. And you sat there that third, third deal and maybe you just didn't get them pitches you had them first pitches, Brother Jeff. You're right, you could hit it. You're right, you're capable. I, I believe we can hit that ball no matter if they throw it anywhere close to that strike zone, I can get a bat on it. But that ball right there was a ball maybe just popped up to the pitcher, popped up to the infield. You said, man, I wish I could have that pitch one more time. Boy, I wish I could have that one come in level one more time. I, why did I sit there with all that pride? God, you done gave me two good pitches. Look here, what I did, I messed it up because I just sat there in my arrogance. Let me tell you something, church. Church, listen to me. Paul said, I don't, I don't face this thing like I've already apprehended. You give me a church this morning that got up this morning and they're not living like they've already apprehended. He said, look here. He said, matter of fact, I, 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 I bring my body on subjection. At least after I've done all these things, I'll be a castaway. I don't get up this morning and say, Lord, it don't make no difference that I'm there or not. It don't make no difference that I'm praying anymore. It don't make no difference that I'm being thankful anymore. Tell you what Paul said. He said, I spend my whole life trying to apprehend that thing that's apprehending me. Man, I spent my whole life said, God, how do you love me so much? How do you just keep on forgiving me? You've got a love like nobody else. God, how in the world did you do it? We preach this thing about perfection on our side rather than preaching on perfection on his side. The Bible said the life that we now live is a life that's in Christ Jesus. When you stand before the Lord, as I told somebody this morning, I'm trying my best, trying to come to some kind of close this morning. But as, as, I, as I thought about when you stand before the Lord, you will know what real salvation is. When you stand before the Lord, you're going to have to be 100%. She sung the song, a brand new song, 99 won't do. So when you stand before the Lord, you've got to be 100% perfect. Yeah. That's right. Well, I'm just going to tell you something. The Presbyterian church don't have that plan. This church here don't have that plan. Oh, we, we can't do it for you. Pentecostal church ain't got that plan. The Baptist church ain't got no plan. Assembly of God church ain't got no plan. Church of God church ain't got no plan. The Catholic church ain't got the plan. But I'm going to tell you who got the plan. Jesus Christ got the plan. He said, I'm going to be a friend of you and I'm going to stick closer to you than a brother. When you come to me with a childlike faith, I'm going to write your name down. I'm going to give you an inheritance. I'm going to make you my child. I'm going to adopt you. All this is, is Bible. I'm going to adopt you into my kingdom. I'm going to give you a salvation that don't fade away. It's incorruptible, undefiled, and fade is not away. And as I showed Brother Ray this morning, it's reserved for you in the heavens. Oh, I thought the church had it one day, maybe when I died. When I died, they'd go by the church and I said, was he a member? That's a name. So the preacher would get up here and say, well, he was a member. 
of Christ's church, that name, I hear you got a name. This scripture says over in Revelation that we were at a while ago in chapter 3, it said, said, I know you got a name, but you're dead. Let me tell you something. But when God saved you, he put your name. Let me read it to you. I love it anyway. The devil don't like it and I love it. The scripture I started with said, These things saith the, he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, said, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, and that thou livest. Huh. You go to church over there. Yeah, I heard about you. You go all the time. Huh. You go all the time. So do the termites. I got a name that thou livest and are dead. Let's try to close this with 1 Peter. What do you want a name for? Long as your name, long as don't nobody call you no drunk, long as don't nobody call you no whore, long as nobody says other stuff, long as you just kind of keep around the deal just to have a good name. Look at... Uh, in 1 Peter. Oh, I love it. Look at verse 3, and we'll be closing. Y'all have been good. Y'all have been good this morning. I'm telling you, hell. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God our Father, who our Lord Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy... You tell them, well, the only reason why you end, if you get in, it's going to be to his abundant mercy. Hath begotten us again to a lively hope. <laughs> you go somewhere and the preacher can't stand still moving around and get to singing, get to shouting. No wonder they got a lively hope. A lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This ain't Muhammad. He's still there. Buddha's still there. Look here. To an inheritance that he gave you when you got saved that's incorruptible and it's undefiled. I used to, Brother Eddie. He said, it don't fade away. What's happened to me, Brother Eddie? What, what, what's happened to me? I, what's happened to me? I, I don't know. I don't even want to go to church no more. I just can't get up. I just, bro, what's happened to me? You ain't got saved yet. It ain't your business once you give your life to Jesus to go to church. It's his business. The world ain't going to be your shepherd. He's your shepherd. The world ain't going to be the spirit. He's your spirit. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's preaching. Amen. <laughs> well, I just don't feel like it. But on Friday night, you don't never be late to go eat you a steak at that steakhouse. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Bible says, love, the, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to go to heaven, ain't nobody can take that Bible and tell you that in and of yourself, you're going to get there because you've done good. Because the Bible says, not of works, least any man should boast. But I tell you, when you go to heaven, you're going to get there because you absolutely love Jesus. Because you realize how bad you are in and of yourself. 
and he ain't never turned his back on you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Look here, I'm telling you, you ain't done right, but ain't, ain't he just like a God that right in your time of trouble when you ain't done right, ain't he been there for you every time you called on him? Ain't he done been there every time that you needed him? Ain't he done delivered you every time? He said, I'm a God. If I just seen that one time, Renee, that he did what he did for you, Daddy. When they was throwing in a towel, if it was just one time that I went to a hospital when the world says, there ain't no way, Brother Eddie, we in big trouble. One week later, all of a sudden, everything done changed. Everything's better. Going into surgery and they come back out just like one little girl where, where a daddy said, and I'm closed and I'm trying my best to. Little old girl, I was in a revival and daddy and mama said, could you come? And I said, I'll come with the pastor. Yeah. If the pastor's coming, I'm coming with him. Amen. And I went down to that hospital. We gathered around and we had prayer. The doctors come in, two of them, and we gathered around. A little girl, I wish I could remember her name, a little bitty girl. She had a tumor that was wrapped around her spine. The doctors was telling the, the daddy and the mother. said, listen. That thing is so thin. The best we can tell you is we don't see how in the world we can come out of this surgery without it being, if we make it, without, we just want to save her life. But the very best we can have is she'll be paralyzed because it's so thin. There's no way we can do the surgery. Listen to me. They said there's no way. Two men that had a name that they were the doctor but we know another doctor. His name is a great physician. Almighty God, Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, the great I am, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Woo! Let me close it and I may stop. I said, John Ed, before these doctors leave, let's pray. We cried. Little old precious girl. They said the best we can do. If it was just one of these miracles I'll talk about. David said, don't forget his benefits. Man, I can go over this church. I'm going to tell you something. You all may walk out here today. You may not never come back. But I'm going to tell you something. Every time I see you, I'm going to think about what God did. I remember you coming in here praying for your sister, Bill. I remember every prayer. I remember every time, every time that we went and woke up Jesus, man, and we got him out of the bottom of the boat. We ain't had no fellowship with him in a long time. We ain't lifted no hands to praise him. We ain't worshiped him. But when we got in trouble, we woke him up. And I want to tell you something. When he come to the helm of the boat, and the winds was raging, the Bible says, he walked out there and he said, peace. Be still. God's been good. Amen. If it wasn't but one thing. If it wasn't but one thing at Chapel Hill when you was going through all that and we took that all and we anointed you with all and Brother Tim was living and we prayed in Jesus' name. If it wasn't but one thing. But it's every day. Every day. Every day I'm seeing miracles. I'm trying my best to close. His horse won't, I can't get it stopped but I'm trying. We prayed. 
They said the best we can do because that tumor yeah. is wrapped around that spine. Right. And it's real thin. Amen. But if we can just save our life. They can start the invitation if you want to. Real low. Listen to me. I said, let's pray. Let me tell you something. Boys, I look at y'all. I think about some things y'all have done good. That y'all have done. Turn it on down just a little bit. I look around and I can think about some things y'all have done good. And I can see why God loves y'all. But the Bible said, you know yourself. I can see why God loves you. But I know me. You know why I preach on Jesus so much? You know why I preach it so much? Because I don't know why he loves me. Because I know me. Ain't no need you sitting there so high-minded. Let me tell you something. We should have run the church. Should have been here three hours early this morning. Because God's grace and mercy is so good. Because we can say, man, I know I gave him a life. I know I'm sealed to the day of redemption. He can't back out of what he promised me. He's got to stand on his promises. Let me tell you something. I'm leaving the room now. Look, we, we prayed. Doctors walked out to him. The daddy got ready to walk out and he grabbed the door. And he looked back this way and he said, Brother Eddie, just crying. I was just crying. Little bitty girl. She wasn't five. Precious thing. Little eyes, eyes looking up at mama. Helpless. Daddy looked at me and said, Brother, let me tell you something. We prayed. But if God don't do this, I want you to know something before I leave the room. We ain't changing nothing. We're going to love him no matter what. And I want you to know that. When he left that room, I said, how's God not going to honor that? I'm talking about I don't know how much time passed. I'd be lying to even tell you. But them two same doctors, Brad, come back in that room. If you heard it one time, you're hearing it again. It's the exact same story that I told you the first time. One of the doctors walked in. All of a sudden, one of the doctors starting to cry. The other doctors, because when a doctor comes in the room and is crying, you're thinking this must be bad. So the doctor said, don't worry about that. Don't, don't worry about him. I'll explain this in a minute. It ain't what you're thinking. Just listen to me a minute. He said, you know, we told you that. We told you that if, if. That baby crying's all right with me. We told you that all we expect is just we could just save her life. The doctor just crying. He just crying. The other doctor just crying. Said, I got to tell you something. He said, when we went to take our scaffold, the sharp blade, that we would try to see, could we remove the tumor? Bill, the doctor said, when I touched it, it unraveled. It unraveled, just fell in the plate. The whole thing just come off, just unraveled. We've got no reason to think that she couldn't walk and do anything just like a normal child. We've got no reason to think 
that she wouldn't do that. That baby did just fine. In a few days' time, she was back learning to walk. She was having a little situation, but she was. Last time I heard, how's that baby from Mr. How's that baby? The baby's just fine. The baby's just doing just fine. Look, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. (laughs) This morning, we'll give an invitation. That's kind of the old-fashioned deal. Renee, I've been in churches since I've been preaching. Said so we don't do invitations, brother Eddie. We don't pray with folks at the altar no more. Yeah. Listen, a man's job was he got in this little tower there by the river, I guess. And his job was, if the train was coming, to let the drawbridge down so the train could go across. But when the boats came, his job was to let the drawbridge up so the boats could go under. He had brought his son to work with him that day. And he was just supposed to be on the dock around. It was a glass all the way around and he was just supposed to be there. The bridge was up. The light went off that the train was coming. He went to looking for his son and the light had changed the color. It it went through maybe three colors and it already hit the second stage. By then it was plenty of time to let the bridge down, but he couldn't find his son. And, And he looked down and he seen the son and his son was right in the gears where if he lets the bridge down, it's gonna squash him. He got to thinking about what am I going to do because that train that was coming was a passenger train. It had hundreds and hundreds of people on it. He said, what am I going to do? At the last minute, seeing his son in the gears, he decided to let the bridge down so those people could get across. He seen it when it clamped his son and took his son's life. When the train come by, he seen them look like maybe they was having a party. They, maybe they had on some little hats and they was happy. They was going on and he shouted out as loud as he could. He said, don't you understand? Don't you understand? My son just gave his life so you could go. I say to you on a Sunday morning, have you not got enough Holy Ghost inside of you? Have you done been so long, you say, with the Lord that when we got up this morning, we done forgot for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you woke up this morning, there's not a Holy Spirit in you that was kicking you out of the bed. Said you better get up. You better get up from here. I died for you. I resurrected you. I got you a home in glory. I got you inheritance that it won't fade away. This reserved for you in heaven. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? We as a band are willing to get up there just to, just to, just to take care of Brother Jason. Just take care of him. We're willing. It ain't got to be just right. We ain't running. We ain't backing up. We're doing what we got to do. 
Well, we ought to be that way for Christ. Amen. Our life needs to be in a way I got to take care of Him first. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? It may be somebody here this morning. I hope you've been praying, you that are saved. I hope you've been praying. I hope you've been praying in case there's somebody lost in this building this morning. Lord, 